hello and welcome to another edition of the Rockcast, a Rockhurst University podcast slash Zoomcast by Rockhurst students for Rockhurst students. I'm Chad Schnarr. Um, I'll just ask a few questions and then let these fine folks talk. Uh, this week we will be talking about 2020 continued uh, college life in the longest year ever recorded. Um, then expectations versus reality in, at Rockhurst, kind of uh, what you thought it'd be, then what it actually was like. And then finally, this the next podcast that we'll do will be after the election. So we'll offer some predictions, kind of predictions of what will happen and predictions of what life will be like in the days following. Um, but to start, let's have uh, you guys introduce yourselves. Um, Bree, let's start with you. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back with the podcast. Um, my name is Brianna Merrill. I am a sophomore here at Rockhurst, majoring in physics of medicine, and I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. America, go ahead. <laughs> my name is America Rommel. I'm a senior. I'm from Shawnee, Kansas, and I'm studying corporate accounting and finance. Jared, you're next as I go through the circle of galleries here. Gotcha. Well, hello, everyone. Great to finally join the podcast. My name is Jared Payton II. I am from Chicago, Illinois. I am a sophomore majoring in marketing and a minoring in film acting. Excellent. And Vince is back again. Go ahead, Vince. My name is Vince Rosqueda. I'm a senior nursing major from Springfield, Kansas. Excellent. All right, guys. Last week, we talked about college life in the year 2020 with a pandemic, what it's like, how it's different from what it's normally like, how it's different for upperclassmen and then like the first year students, the freshmen, what they are experiencing and they think this is normal. Um, but now we talk about what happens now. Um, so we're, you're, you're on campus. Uh, Jared, I know you're not, but you're, you're going through classes online. Um, what is it like moving forward? Kind of the, the question is, now what? How do you survive the rest of this? Well, I think, in general, and this goes for, because um, I realized when I came home that there were a lot more people that decided to stay home and do online as well than what I guess I had originally thought. You know, not even just because of COVID or those concerns, but financially, a lot more people felt as if it was just a lot better for them and their families to spend that money for what they would refer to as the general college experience that COVID and the social distancing style that we have to really, you know, make sure that we abide by at this point to keep others safe. But at the same time, it doesn't permit that level of freedom. But regardless of where you're at, whether you're at home like me, whether you're on campus, the best way as far as moving forward is I'd say number one, finding new ways to keep yourself motivated. For me, that's been big. Just for one thing during the summer and at first when we were first quarantined, it was, you know, going outside. It was making time to do other things socially that obviously couldn't be done with me being around other people physically. So just continuing to come up with different things and then set aside motivation, especially with everything that's been going on, social climate within this country, just making sure that you are finding new ways to just immerse yourself in different groups, you know, regardless of just friends, regardless of the activities that you may do. It's just really good to always make sure and maybe every week, maybe once a month, just just look at yourself. You know, am I expanding my horizons in the way that I'd like to? Am I really 
taking the time to do different things or am I really investing in the talents that I already have? Just really taking a good deep look at yourself, you know, before the real world ever comes back. Or what if this is the new normal? We often ask ourselves that as well. I really just feel like self-evaluation is the best way for anybody to make it through these times. Kind of going off of what uh, Jared was saying with that kind of self-reflection, something that I touched on on the first episode was intentionality. Um, intentionality, you know, now that we can't just casually run into people, you know, as often as we used to be able to, or just casually, you know, be able to do pretty much anything here um, on campus. Um, you have, I think that intentionality is something that presents itself as an opportunity, not just, you know, be intentional meeting other people like Jarrett was saying, but also kind of self-reflecting. Um, something that I've heard a lot of my friends and some of the people I'm around, um, they kind of tell me that they've been able to work more on themselves uh, in a pandemic, you know. I know a lot of the times going through college, we like to keep those little voices in our head quiet by immersing ourselves and keeping ourselves busy in all of these different events and groups and organizations. But, you know, all of this isolation and time spent by ourselves really opens up the door for self-improvement uh, to be able to, you know, actually listen to those, you know, little voices by your head, reconcile yourself with them and build yourself to be a better person. Uh, me personally, something that I've done, uh, I've been going to work out a lot more just by kind of running around uh, my neighborhood here kind of by myself. Um, running was something I did a lot of high school that kind of fell off as I made myself busy in college. And uh, my mental health is significantly improved. Uh, other people are trying yoga. Some people are doing meditation, stuff like that. Just something to work on your kind of personal side is something that really opens up an opportunity here for me. Yes, I definitely agree. I know something that I've definitely learned during this time, you know, coming back on campus, because I was back at home during the summer, pretty much virtually doing nothing other than doing like things here or there. I tried to pile on as much as I can, like, you know, I'm going to make this the best experience I can. But in doing so, it can be so overwhelming. So definitely what I took from this, learning how to say no. I always said yes to this organization, yes to this organization, yes, 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 but not finding time to say no and like take your time to yourself and find new things that you like um, that's not so much of a burden on you. Um, so definitely, I know the other day, it was warmer yesterday, but I went on a walk around campus as well as UMKC and it was just very relaxing. Um, and then also being back here um, over the weekends, I work on my business and I try my best to um, do things that's not so school related because in doing so, it just feels very like drowning, I guess. Um, but yes, that's definitely what I've been doing, you know, during this time. Yes, I definitely agree um, with Vince touched on about being intentional. I know, um, I think especially being a senior, it is uh, sometimes easy to not kind of reach out to new students, um, even those that I've met like through organizations such as Student Senate. Um, because I already have those like formed relationships with not only um, staff and faculty, but with students. So I think it's easy to just kind of maybe only talk to the people you live with or the people you have classes with. So I think it has um, recently I've been trying to challenge myself to be a little bit more intentional um, with the other, you know, other uh, friends that I have or such, you know, that are juniors or sophomores, or even if I have met some freshmen, kind of trying to talk to them. 
um, because I know they are the ones that are looking for those new relationships. And I know that um, when I was a freshman and a sophomore, I really enjoyed getting to know those juniors and seniors. And I felt like I, because they had such a different perspective on what it was like to be a Rockers student. They had been here for so long. So I just kind of was, everything was, nothing was new to them and everything was new to me then. So I definitely viewed the Rockers I viewed rockers and everything just in a really different light. So recently I've been trying to kind of really think back to what it felt like to be that freshman and sophomore um, and that excitement that I felt, you know, attending organizations or kind of those first meetings, even now that I've been in them, this is my fourth year in a lot of organizations. So sometimes I think it's a little bit hard to feel excited. You kind of, especially when you have so many classes and everything's over Zoom, um, it gets kind of tiring. Sometimes you feel a little bit annoyed when you have to show up to those things. Um, so I think it's just kind of nice to like take some time to remember what it felt like um, and why I was so excited to join those organizations um, three years ago. What would you say is the hardest thing about being a student in 2020? Is it the um, is it the Zooms? Is it not as having not having as much social time as you did before is it kind of regulations on how many you can have at a party or is it just social stuff because of what's going on in the world today is that affecting things like what would you say is the most challenging thing about being a student in 2020 this may be a little bit outside the box it has absolutely nothing to do with like anyone else but i guess for me personally it's definitely the uncertainty and like even before 2020, I'm not vicarious. I, I don't know what's happening in the future, but it's something about um, COVID-19 that just has so much uncertainty. So it's like, I don't know what second semester will look like. I don't even know what my summer will look like. Will that have the same opportunities that I had last year? Then will I have this year? And it's so I guess for me, it's more so of a mental thing, like not knowing what's going to happen. Because for me, I like having control over my life as much as possible. And so during this time, I can't. And so part of that bothers me, um, but it's kind of just trying to navigate that and just trying to make um, do with best what I can right now. Um, for me, that's probably the most challenging, <laughs> um, but yes. I mean, I'll go off of what we were saying, just talking about, you know, translating, I guess you can say the opportunities that she had at one point to now. And I feel like for me, in 2020 and many of the conversations that I've had with other people, they definitely circumnavigate. They all come around full circle when we talk about the what ifs. Will this be there? Will these opportunities be, you know, because I feel like as if, for, for example, internships, you know, many people, upperclassmen that I knew that had internships over the past summer, they were virtual. You know, a lot of those opportunities, there were still opportunities. They were just different than what they usually are. So those people now, you know, maybe someone like me who is now looking for an internship, will they be virtual in the summer or will they not be virtual? Will there be other types of opportunities that will come up? Yes or no. Truth be told, we don't know because everything and not even just 2020, but the things that have happened this year that are going to go into 2021, it's all a developing situation. You know, nobody knows for sure what can or cannot happen. That's why I feel like it's good at the beginning, you know, we talk about, you know, being intentional, making sure that you are doing what's best, not just for yourself, but for other people, because it's not just that this year has been a year of uncertainty, but many of these things will translate. And I feel as if COVID 
regardless of what year it happened in. It just amplified the struggles that we all have on a normal basis. This year is only as different as we make it out to be. But if we really apply ourselves, that's the thing. But those concerns of, you know, the opportunities that will or will not be there is definitely what I'd say is probably the hardest part about being a student in these times. There's many struggles. There's many unfortunate scenarios that have developed for everybody that probably actually for sure would not have happened if there was, you know, no COVID. Like people, like in policies and certain things that are only pertaining to COVID that would not exist during real time. I feel like those, um, those are the struggles that many people deal with. You know, we talk about restrictions for not just parties, but even just the amount of friends you can have in your living space or the lack thereof. Being able to go off campus and still having to still control the amount of people that you're with, that can be very disheartening for people at times. You know, and I feel like going forward, that is what's so hard because that's our reality right now. And a lot of people, of course, are tired of it. But then we have to look into the future and we're like, okay, the decisions that we make right now and how we go about it will, and this can be either good or bad thing, but they will directly influence the opportunities that we have next year and, you know, so on and so forth. I think for me, it would probably be just a, a combination of everything. And um, perhaps if I wasn't a senior, my answer would be a little bit different, but I think at least like, I can't speak for everyone, um, but at least the conversations that I've had with some of my friends is that I feel like we've all kind of, you know, we've acknowledged, we kind of are like, okay with, I mean, not okay with, but we understand that classes are online, that things are limited, but I think graduation is something that I, I know I think about a lot, um, which is like, I mean, if I have to have online classes, you know, I've done it, I can do it, but a virtual one, you know, graduation doesn't, it's like I'm working and I don't even have to get that day, you know, that day where you like dream of and it's like that one where you, I don't know, it's like everything you worked for, for one day for them to like hand you a diploma. And it's crazy to think that maybe that's not gonna happen. And you know, when this all started in March, it was like, oh, you know, we didn't even think that for the class of 2020, that it maybe was gonna be a possibility and it happened. And it was like, oh, but definitely not us, you know, that couldn't be us. Um, but now it's like, well, maybe, maybe it could be us. So I don't know, I feel like <laughs> after everything that I've gone through, you know, it's like, I just really want that day. I had like three really good, you know, norm, most almost three really good years. And this year has still, I mean, with even though it's been different, it still, it still has its good things. Um, and I think Rockers has done a good job, but it, it's just kind of not knowing what's gonna happen on May 15, 2021. So at least that's what I think about. Um, I don't know, maybe Vince can talk a little bit more about it, what, how he feels. I, I, I am 100% picking up the ball where you just left it right there. Uh, I feel the exact same way, and it makes me feel like it's a shame we don't have someone who graduated in 2020 just to speak on behalf of what that was like not having that, you know, not seeing, having that one special day to celebrate your four years of hard work, right? And, I mean, I kind of feel the same way, too, because, like, when, when in March when this was all started, like, okay, cool, 14 days to control the spread, we're going to have a normal fall semester. And then now we're thinking like, oh man, we not might even have our own graduation to celebrate that. And kind of going on stuff like that, that's another hard part that's really 
hard about, you know, the changes brought to the school from COVID this year is all the different Rockhurst traditions like graduation, um, like for example, like the Hopkins 5K going um, virtual this year, family weekend, losing that. And it's, a, it's really hard to change for Rockhurst too because we're such a tight-knit, small community and we're really, we really cash in on those traditions where people who have gone through the school, people who are at the school now really get to relish in. And it really helps with that school life balance. I feel like that's something that we do really well here uh, on a quote unquote normal year. And so for me, I'm gonna have to go with that being kind of the most difficult thing here. I'm just kind of, you know, I sit here at this desk pretty much like eight hours a day doing schoolwork and whatnot. And it's just not the same as actually going to class, seeing people or being excited for the next, you know, weekend thing coming up because there is no weekend thing coming up. I have, I get to go do more homework on Saturday. That's, that's what my Saturday gets to look like. And so that really does kind of take a toll on kind of the mental health as aspect too, just not having that good balance. And so for me, yeah, I'm going to go with that being kind of what uh, I'm struggling with. Oops. For America and Vince here as seniors, do you keep an eye on the economy knowing that you're about to jump into the workforce? Or uh, Vince, I know you said you were looking at a job for one year, not a nursing position before getting into grad school America. Are you jumping right in or, or what? Kind of a twofold question there. What's your plans for next year and what's the positivity rate on that? Well, considering the fact that- oh, yeah. Go ahead, Vince. Okay. <laughs> well, considering the fact that we're uh, kind of in a pandemic and um, the nursing kind of economy side of jobs are looking pretty good. Um, hiring freezes are coming off uh, right now for most healthcare facilities here in Kansas City. So I'm not really too concerned about finding where. It's more of like the specific unit I kind of want to go into, uh, which would be like an IC or critical care that may or may not be filled or not but there are positions, so I'm not too worried about that for nursing, because the thing about that is there, there's somebody always going to be sick, so always going to need a nurse. <laughs> um, I know for me, yeah, my, my plans definitely changed drastically over the summer. My plan was to apply um, to law school this, this fall cycle um, for the 2020, for starting in 2021. Um, but I, you know, I decided not to wait a year, um, because, you know, first, I mean, there's a lot of at different aspects, you never really know with the law school process. Um, they had, some of them had projected that maybe this, um, cycle would be even kind of more competitive due to if students feel like they, at least that's what happened in 2009 when students felt like maybe they couldn't get a job, they apply for grad school because they're like, I might as well just study because I'm not going to get a good job right now. Um, I'm not sure since the cycle just opened. I don't know how it's going. And it's also kind of like, I don't really know. I mean, I don't know how things are going to be. Like if I, I had to leave, where I'm going to go somewhere and, and it be virtual. Am I spending a lot of money um, on attending law school virtually? Like, I don't know if that's what I want. Um, so now it's kind of like, what do I do? Um, my plan now is to... Uh, apply next fall cycle. Um, hopefully things are better by then, but there really is no, no, like I, it's kind of hard to know. Um, and I've talked to other people who were also considering applying this um, cycle and they've kind of are in the same boat that maybe they're just gonna wait a year, um, see how it goes. But I, I don't know, I feel like that's normal. I mean, I feel like that's a lot of students right now, not really knowing what to do. 
um, I know I had like a strict plan since like freshman year and it completely changed. And maybe, maybe it was for the better. Maybe, you know, in this upcoming year, I kind of realized I want to do something else. Um, but I guess there is no way of knowing until time passes. Seems like uncertainty is a huge theme. Um, Brie mentioned that, Brianna mentioned that earlier. And um, every one of us in our different life situations, that seems to be the cloud that's over us. Um, if you can think back to when you decided to come to Rockhurst um, and think about how different things were then compared to what they are now is just a significant difference, I'm sure. Because I can think back two years in my life and it's just crazy where it's not even on your radar, all this stuff happening. And America, you mentioned that in terms of commencement and stuff. Um, but thinking back to before you even got to Rockhurst, what did you expect out of the school? And let's leave COVID in 2020 to the side real quick and pretend we're in a, a quote unquote normal year. Um, what did you think it would be like? Yeah. <laughs> what did you think it would be like? And then what was it? And then how, or what is it? And how big of a difference was that? Or was there a difference at all? Um, I can kind of kick it off. Um, my expectations, I mean, I came to Rockers for the small school atmosphere, like I kind of mentioned earlier, and I feel like I got that uh, out of it, you know, I kind of touched on, you know, answering the last question about the traditions that we have here, being able to take advantage of being a smaller, tighter-knit community. Um, it's what I wanted coming into college. Um, went to my first big school tour, um, like senior year of high school, and immediately got turned off from pretty much anything above, like, maybe five or 6,000 students. And then a uh, family friend recommended Rockers to us who uh, he, he had went through the nursing program and we're like, all right, we'll go check it out. And then so we did, uh, came here. And I think I've gotten exactly what I got out of it. You know, I kind of touched more detail about the smaller school atmosphere, atmosphere the, um, you know, the events that we have, the traditions that we have. And it, I, I feel like I've gotten that over the last three, three years here. I would definitely say, just give a little bit of background because that definitely affects like my point of view in this. But me as a high school senior, um, I absolutely did not want to go to Rockhurst whatsoever. Um, fun fact about myself. And so, um, and then so a lot of people say, well, then how did you, how did it come to your mind? Well, my mom's a counselor. So she was really connected with a lot of the college admissions, with like a, a lot of colleges. Um, so she knew a lot about Rockhurst and I was just pretty much at the end like why not you know she kept like well it seems like a good school and I'm like whatever sure let's do it you know um, I guess the main thing that I didn't the reason why I didn't want to come to Rockhurst was because I wanted to go far and I just felt like Kansas City and St. Louis was too close for me and my personality and so I was kind of bummed out about that but as I got here um, it exceeded my expectations as far as like me liking it I didn't think that I would like it at all. And um, I ended up liking it, but it did take me a minute. It took me, I think, mid-September um, until I really started liking it. Um, because back in August of my freshman year, I was sitting in my um, room looking up schools to transfer to because that's how much I just didn't feel like a part of the Rockhurst community. But um, once I was able to get in, like, involved and whatnot, I think that was pretty much like that turning point. Um, so it exceeded my expectations, mainly because I didn't want to be here in the first place. So that's kind of like my main reason. Um, but I also see like a lot of small 
similarities and differences, but um, I definitely want to hear you all's perspectives as well. So. And I'll gladly take it from you. Um, <laughs> I remember, and this is just me in general, like having two parents who I love very much, but were very strict, I'm just expected. One thing they've always said to me growing up was, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected in return. And I always felt like, even though, like I had a lot of opportunities, my parents gave me a lot in order to make sure that I was as well prepared to succeed in life, that at the end of the day, my idea was I just wanted to be free. And I mean, since I was the age of probably four, I was dreaming of college. And I'm gonna go to college, I'm gonna be free, right? So I guess you could say that's my idea of not just but freedom, but more so just happiness and regardless of what happens with the decisions that I make, knowing that good, the bad, and everything included in that is all a result of what I choose or choose not to do, you know? And that's what I decided was the idea of college. So I grew older and as I got through high school, I started to realize that, you know, my intention style was very much um, visual and just hands-on learner. That's just who I am. And that's just how I can apply myself better. And I know kind of like how Vince said, right? Like if I went to a big school, I went to those, you know, I'm, I'm from Chicago and I lived in Indiana at the time. So like, you know, Indiana University, um, Purdue University, um, I'm a big time college football fan. So whenever we go to games, we'd actually take tours of the campus and get to like see people. And I just was like, you know what? Like socially, I get along well with many people, but academically, I just didn't feel like I would be able to focus. And I knew one thing about smaller schools is, you know, your professors and like I, this is a common mistake I would always make, you know, professor this, doctor that. And I would always refer to them as like Mr. and Mrs. because it felt like a high school classroom. You know, you got to sit down with these people. Like I could raise my hand. I can't even count on, I think in any way, how many times I or anybody else in a classroom at Rockers has been able to raise their hand and not feel intimidated by it, you know, because anywhere else, I mean, you're in a class of minimum 200 people. Who wants to raise your hand then? You know, who at that point is even really motivated to go to class when you see people just do it because it's nonpartisan, you know, and those are my ideas before I got to Rockers, and even though I had other options, all of the things ended up pointing to Rockers, and I had very high expectations, but even with me having those high expectations, I feel like I got to Rockers, and when I say they were shattered to the point where it was even just better than what I already thought it was going to be, just not the community itself, not just with it being so small and so inclusive, and getting the opportunity to do a lot of great things with a lot of great people, you know, this included, but it was just almost like a dream come true. It was not just the idea of freedom that I dreamed about since I was younger, but the idea to like actually create change with people who not just were as passionate as me, but people who were more passionate, you know, and I feel like if I went to a bigger school or even anywhere else for that matter, we'll take away the big school aspect, just anywhere that isn't rockers, I would not have had those types of people that were willing to tend to my needs, you know, willing to, I guess, understand and get to meet and learn from other people at the rate that I have at Rockers, like Vince talked about, you know, the events that we have, like family weekend, um, a lot of those things that happened during that first month and throughout the year while I was a freshman. And it just made everything, honestly, the best decision of my life was to come to Rockers. So even though obviously it can be a little disheartening during these times, especially I feel like for the freshmen, because 
they haven't seen Rockhurst at its full capacity by any means. But just the hope and knowing what it is, is personally what I feel keeps me here. I feel like it's what keeps all of us here to a certain extent because we've seen the best parts of this experience for us. Um, I don't think I had, you know, many expectations. I'm a first generation college student. So every, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I never really looked into call. Like I never even knew or had any idea of what the college life could be like until I started looking into it. My junior, mainly my senior year. Um, but I guess like one thing that I guess that was different that I really didn't expect. I thought I went to a Catholic high school and um, when I chose to come to Rockers knowing that I was Jesuit, I thought that it was maybe gonna be very similar or kind of just like a bigger version, even though very small, but um, a bigger version of what my high school was like. And I was surprised that it wasn't. And I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised to see that um, there was a lot of different people, which I think is kind of interesting because, you know, I've given tours and people say that like Rockers is not diverse at all. But for me, coming from the school that I went to, where everyone was white, um, really, I mean, I don't even know what the percentage was, but extremely high. Um, for me, Rockers was diverse. You know, I had I had literally never met like any other Hispanics, like barely. Um, even when I went to grade school, I was like the only Hispanic and like the entire me and my brother and like the entire school for like oh, many, many years. And think, you know, I have younger siblings now and now that's different. And and I'm, I don't know in my high school if it has changed, um, but the time I was there, um, literally there was no one. Everyone was white. So for me coming here, it was really cool that not, not only were there a lot of Hispanics, but um, just other, you know, like, you know, different types of people in general and other religions as well. I was surprised for some reason thought that maybe everyone was going to be Catholic. Um, and that wasn't the case. I have gotten to meet people that are different religions. And I think it's been super cool because I've gotten to learn about them. Um, and I think that's what I've liked. And that that's something that um, was different that I didn't expect from rockers. And like I said, for other people, and you know, especially when I have given tours to students that are, are coming from, you know, public um, Kansas City high schools where, you know, their schools are extremely, extremely diverse. You know, they come to rockers and they're like, whoa, there is no diversity here. Um, but for me, that wasn't the case. So I, I, that's something that I really liked, just getting to know different types of people. Um, and then Vincent, I went to the same high school, so I'm sure he has something to say. On the statistic, I think by the time we graduated in 2017, I think it was like 97% white and then like 3% other. Like there wasn't even enough um, people of color who could make, like, make up an actual other percentage. It was just other. That's very interesting. Wow. I would say my high school is complete opposite, and that's why it's kind of hard adjusting because I went to a school where it was predominantly black and then it's like as far as like the people who were like white in my class I could probably like count them off and so coming here like I knew it was a PWI which stands for predominantly white institution but I knew it was a PWI but then at the same time it's like ooh, like this is way more of a culture shock than I thought it would be um and so it's just funny because so that's something that I also have taken into account because someone who comes from a predominantly whether it's a black or a white school and you're coming here, 
you can have a completely different perspective of what you believe that like diversity is or what diverse looks like. Um, and so that's definitely something that I had to understand. And then, you know, other than like race, you have religion, perspectives, um, sexual orientation, like all these different things that includes, you know, in like that diversity spectrum, I guess you could say. Um, so definitely in um, America, like you said, I love hearing people's perspectives and learning like what makes them different, um, what values they hold to themselves. I think that's probably my most favorite part about Rockers um, thus far. Great. And for those listening who may not know much about Rockhurst at all, um, Rockhurst is the quote unquote non-white uh, population is about 40%, just under 40%, which is the highest it's ever been. Um, and a lot of initiatives are in place to make Rockhurst more reflective of the community in which it sits, the city, and obviously the nation. So lot of progress there and we'll be talking more about that in future episodes uh, as well. Um, now Bree and Vince answered this last week so Jarrett and America I'm gonna uh, give the same question to you. Jarrett you talked about just knowing what Rockhurst was you know before the pandemic and stuff like that and that's what kind of keeps you you know going in and what it was worth why it was worth it for you. Um, last week the question uh, was if you could snap your fingers and go back to one thing that is quote unquote normal um, from pre-2020, uh, what do you miss the most? What would it be and why? Okay, so pre-2020, now, you know, without stating the obvious of, I guess, being around people, <laughs> um, I would say, hmm, that's a really good question because that is literally the obvious thing that we all think of. But I'd say if we're just talking about rockers, Hmm. I feel the idea of just, especially when I got there and I was able to put a lot of names to faces. And as a freshman coming from, um, a lot of people thought I was from St. Louis because I was just able to befriend a lot of people very quickly and just foster relationships right off the bat. And nobody believed I was from Chicago because not a lot of people come from Chicago or even know about Rockers to Chicago like in all honesty, I only knew about it from a baseball recruiting page and my interest sparked from there very slowly. So the one thing that I do miss a lot is definitely, I remember putting those names to faces and I definitely did this a lot my freshman year. And if I was there right now, I'd definitely be doing it. But just like screaming out random people's names from across campus because I could see them, you know, I could see their faces and be like, hey, so-and-so, right? And then those would be like, hey, right? And just going and just doing that with so many different types of people like people I would see all the time people I wouldn't and it was just really nice you know because I feel like that does go into obviously something that obviously of course COVID take away you know you wear masks all the time but the idea of you know just recognizing all these people and just that that pure joy and excitement that I would get being in a new place you know coming from somewhere where I didn't know anybody to I mean, coming to a place where I didn't know anybody and having that level of excitement, those interactions, personally, it meant everything to me at the time, you know, and as I said, that's another one of those things that I think about because being at home, it can be very hard sometimes knowing, you know, that you feel at least physically disconnected from the community. So I don't just find new ways virtually to be connected, but I also strive to have those connections back, if you know what I'm saying. But 
that is probably the biggest thing that I miss is being able to see people's faces. Um, I think for me, it's the same. I mean, it's impossible not to say the same thing. Um, but to be more specific, I guess, yeah, just rockers traditions. Um, I think, you know, last, last semester when we missed out on Greek week, I feel like that's always such a fun week. It makes me so sad thinking about it. Um, and then, uh, or like Rockstock. I mean, I was so excited for that concert. Like, um, where I, I know, and those are those types of events where, you know, I look at my phone and then I have, I had those like memories pop up from years ago. Um, so it, it just makes me really sad. And then, you know, the same for this semester, having, um, you know, philanthropy weeks or just any type of event that Rockers has, just really those Rockers traditions. And especially knowing that this was going to be our, our last year. I mean, it just makes it worse when, you know, this is your last year and you never really got to, you know, do it. Uh, and, you know, thinking last year when I remember I was sad. I was sad in February. I think um, we had like a formal in my sorority and I was sad for the seniors uh, because it was their last there was the last formal and um i remember thinking oh that must suck um you know thank god i'm not a senior and well now i am and <laughs> it was my last time as well so um i think that's probably what makes me the most sad um just kind of missing out on those events you know next semester i would love to hope that you know we could have those events that we missed on but you know like I mentioned before, I guess now I feel like all we're rooting for is graduation of one thing, so. Gotcha. So along the lines of what's happening in the future, the big story, obviously, can't get around it, is uh, one of the bigger elections in recent generations. Now for you four, is this the first time you're voting in a presidential election, all four of you? Or Vince, you did vote in 2016? I was just barely able to vote in 2016, I had to fill, fill out like some special pre-registration form to be able to do it because I turned uh, 18 on the 13th and in Kansas, you had to be registered. Like I'm pretty sure by the 13th too, so. Nice, okay. So question to the group is, uh, the next time we do a podcast um, is gonna be after the election. So what are we talking about on the next podcast? Um, so in a sense that is Kind of what your prediction is not only for the result but the climate afterward um that was a topic last week that brianna and vince uh talked about um so give me your thoughts there uh are you voting and i'm assuming yes uh and what's your prediction for how it's going to be on what, november 4th or whatever the day is after is that right november 4th in whoever wants to. I'm definitely voting. I would feel weird if I didn't, to be quite honest with you. Um, as far as like my predictions, as far as like the day after the election, I definitely believe the climate on campus is going to change. Social media is going to be definitely changed. And I think it will be a matter of either um, people being very loud about their opinions as far as like whether they agree with it or whether they disagree with it or more people being shy about their opinion because like some sides can be very aggressive. Um, but I'm just very interested to see that difference. And then, you know, combating that, like as far as like the weeks to come, like how can we get back to this, um, 
Rock Coast community atmosphere because I definitely believe it'll be very political on campus. Um, so I'm just I'm just really interested to see how things go. Um, I'm definitely going to be in tune with everything that's going on. Um, I definitely believe social conversations will also be different. You know, who wants to talk about what's at the lunch for cat at the cap? Like, I want to talk about the election. Like, let's. I want to hear your perspective. Like, so um, I can't wait to see how this goes. But I, my opinion is that it would definitely change. So we'll just see how much it affects our daily lives after that. Uh, um, I guess my prediction for it um, on the 4th, specifically, um, I think it's actually gonna be calmer because we're gonna have to catch up with all of the uh, mail-in ballots still too. Um, We saw in a lot of the primaries, (laughs) we saw a lot of the primaries this year. Um, uh, New York was the longest one. They took like six extra weeks to count up all the votes, Mm. something like that. There's definitely gonna be some probably anxiety apprehension probably uh while they're still going to be counting them all up and so i i don't think we'll have a clear answer you know right away that'll be my prediction for it i have a question for you because <laughs> i feel like it flows from it when do you yeah. feel like we'll have you know i guess a solid answer if, if even a solid answer is possible for 2020 because if we look at 2020 i don't even know if we're going to get this you know the solid answer that we're all anticipating right. i mean <sighs> Hopefully, you know, within a week of the election, we'll know the answer. But I mean, I, I feel like both candidates are still going to contest it either way, no matter what, because we're going to get a huge voter turnout this year as compared to previous years. I mean, 2016 was already a pretty big voter turnout, but that was only like 62 some percent. I feel it's going to be even more so this year because so many more people I feel like are being mobilized to vote. I mean, like, I feel like every other ad I see on any device I use is to go register to vote. I'm like, I've been registered for the last two months. I don't need this anymore. But uh, I do honestly think, you know, once that decision does come down, you know, I just don't think either candidate's going to think it was, you know, I don't know if fair is the right word or maybe more legitimate would be more of a word to use. And so we might see this drag out for God knows how long uh, while it goes up into the courts. In my opinion, in my opinion, I'm just a nurse. I'm not a political commentator, but just from what I've seen, that's what I feel like is going to happen. That is a very good point because personally, I think I feel like, as I said, I'm definitely more so focused on the emotional climate that people will definitely be going through after it. But I never, and after hearing you say it, like I, I almost see that as a fact. I don't think there's any way possible that all of these votes or whatever they want to call it, are completely tallied directly, you know, November 5th, November 6th, that it'll take some time and that it won't even just be, you know, the winner or the loser. It'll be whoever doesn't come out on top, I guess you could say, and not even just that person specifically, not even just that candidate, but the party that supports them, the people that support them, trying to find whatever leeway to justify whatever they say wrongly happened. And as I said, like, I've always been thinking, you know, 2020 is going to go out with a bang. That will be the bang right there (laughs) because you're just going to have a lot of tension with it. So it sucks because I don't want that tension. You know, I really, I try to have these conversations with the people that I know I view differently with because that's what it's all about, you know, because at the end of the day, we are all human beings. You know, we want to end to you know, many things that go on in the world right now, we want to end to racism, which has just been amplified by the virus. It didn't, you know, just 
start getting recorded, things have been happening, you know, like that, like the social political climate, these things have been happening. It's not just something that is just 2020. It's just been amplified because the way that we live our lives has just changed full circle. And I feel as if it's just, my gosh, it is like, the more I think about it, like sometimes I think we all want to at least find a way to laugh about it because it, it can be very hysterical as far as some people's responses to things. I, for one, can speak on that. But at the end of the day, things can get very, very, very bad if we're not all okay. Not just, you know, obviously trying to find a way to justify what happened. But as I said, the outcome of the election, it is going to be what it is, regardless of who you fare with. And I feel like there will be some of us that will be able to at least not immediately, because you were right about how long it will be dragged out. I think that's definitely going to happen as well. It will be a dragged out process. It will take a lot of time and healing. Um, I'm, you know, we're talking about having these conversations right now, because personally, if I'm being honest, what I think will happen is that after this outcome does come to pass, that we're not going to want to have those conversations anymore. It's just going to be, oh, no, like, like immediately people will just be written off because of certain things. And you know, we want to look at that. Why do we want to divide ourselves even more? Like that's anything that I've seen that this year has taught about. It's just been straight up division with everything. I mean, to the point where we're dividing about a virus, you know, something that will kill you if it has the chance, you know, we're even finding division with that. So having a conversation like that and looking into the outcomes and evaluating, okay, this is how bad it could be if we don't do this or that. You know, like it's important, you know, how to school the main theme for this year was, you know, to reflect and discern. It's important that we take that time away from that socioeconomic, political background and status, and even maybe those conversations from time to time, just to reflect and discern on how we feel about it. So that way we can at least, you know, extend a helping hand to other people to be able to care for them. Because truth be told, even though that's what I want to happen, I don't think that will happen, you know? I think the reaction of everyone is going to be really just dependent on what is going on with um, COVID-19. Because, I mean, as big as this election is, you know, this is something that's happening in, I mean, a very important country. I mean, the United States, yes, big country, but we're also stuck in the middle of a pandemic that has been killing people, is still killing people everywhere. So I think that it's just going to be like, you know, if maybe like a vaccine comes out, I feel that's definitely going to affect what people think about, um, you know, who wins. Maybe if, if, the, if, you know, if a vaccine were to come out like right afterwards, I'm not sure, like maybe I guess like the, where is the attention going to go? Um, what are people really going to care about? Are people going to be more worried about this vac the vaccine or who just won um, as president? I'm, I don't know. I feel like it's just going to be really dependent on that because even though this like I said this is a really important thing there's also another really even bigger thing happening um that has affected everyone so I'm not I'm not sure I feel like it it always going to be it kind of this year Hannah has just been ruled by COVID so I feel like whatever happens with that is going to be kind of is definitely going to affect the reaction of everyone all right, so I don't know if you've noticed, but um, 
the university has, uh, I think, started last week. Um, the president, Father Curran, has or sent out a video um, uh, under the initiative called Rockers Together. And what that is basically doing is trying to emphasize the community as being unified and remembering respect for each other and, and whatnot before um, all of this happens. So next question and probably the final question for the podcast for you guys is, um, what advice would you have to someone who says, I don't know what I'm gonna do on November 4th if opposite candidate to what they want wins? Um, what advice would you give them or what advice would you give yourself about that? Uh, I'd tell them that, you know, even though if maybe the person you didn't want to win won, there's three branches of government for a reason. Um, I feel like, especially with everybody really likes to idealize the presidency, but we're, you know, we're not a, oh, we don't have a king or a queen. We're not uh, a monarchy. So the president doesn't have all power in the United States. That's why you have all your local leaders. That's why you have your senators, your congressmen and women. So policies that do come forth, new laws, they all go through, you know, the process of becoming a bill. Everyone remembers the schoolhouse rock little thing, or maybe that's just me. I don't know if <laughs> students still remember that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, there's my time. I remember those Saturday morning cartoons, but that's another story. Go yeah, ahead, Ben. Sorry. Yeah, we had, we had ours when uh, the teacher bring our history teacher bring in the VCR and the TV to school, but but yeah, um, there, we have a process. So, you know, even if it's someone who you don't want to win, it really doesn't matter that much because they have checks and balances and to balance it all out. And, you know, and at the very like least, it, it serves as, you know, a position where you can find compromise within the government. I personally wouldn't want us being ruled by a one party system. That's a, that's a big no-no. Um, so yeah, this is seeing it as an opportunity for compromise to bring out the best for the American people. I think that's kind of a way, good way to look at it if the person you don't want to win the election wins the election. Yeah, I'll try to um, take it from like a different angle. I would just say like, as far as like mentally and emotionally, um, the person you, who got elected wasn't the one you wanted to get elected. I would definitely say, don't stop fighting as far as like, if you, during quarantine, if you were fighting for women's rights or if you were fighting for Black Lives Matter or whatever the case may be, like, don't feel discouraged about, you know, who gets voted into office. Like, don't let it stop. Like, the, what you really need to do is just keep the momentum. And I think um, that's something that people have been doing pretty good about. But I've noticed that it's so easy to get people distracted um, in doing so. And so, like, that's kind of something that you kind of have to jump over that hurdle yourself. But yes, definitely just keep that momentum going. Um, and find new innovative ways to make that make and create that change. I definitely think with COVID-19, we've seen a lot of innovators, people making new things, people coming up with creative ideas. Even on campus, we have a QR code scavenger hunt where you can be safe, socially distanced. So like things like that, like um, definitely don't be close-minded about it. Um, try your best to find those different ways to kind of combat that. Um, and then also like, kind of Vince talked about, but then also be sure to vote in any other um, runnings as well. Like the presidential one is not the one, only one you should be voting for. Like I would kind of be a little disappointed if you only voted during presidential elections and that's it. I would be very disappointed. Um, no judgment, but very disappointed. Um, so definitely make sure you um, 
take heed to that and see what they're doing, what they're doing in your communities, what they're doing in your state, because that's just as important. Um, so yeah, this is just a few things that I would say to them. I feel as if, because you said something at the very beginning of what you're saying, Brie, um, you know, just about, I guess, emotionally, you know, and who you vote for, who you don't vote for, because this is how I've been taking it, you know, because ever since I was little, even, you know, being very heavily inspired myself with having, you know, a black president, somebody who I could, you know, go to where I was growing up in a community that was predominantly white. So I didn't have any type of black leadership besides my parents. And then seeing that it was powerful, but at the same time, what it showed for me once that was no longer there was that I have to ultimately take who I am and, you know, decide not just to be happy, not just to immerse myself regardless of who the president is, but to just feel confident in what it is that I do and know that whoever is in power or is not in power, they don't control me, they don't control what I do. And it can only control emotionally as much as I am willing to allow it to. You know, and I feel like some people, you know, we're on this thing, you know, like has been said earlier, you know, people are like, you know, vote, vote this, you can't go, my gosh, 15 minutes on Spotify without hearing three direct ads in a row talking about vote anyways, vote this, vote that. Okay, well, you vote, then what, right? This person that gets into office, you want them to, then what? We have to stop and ask ourselves that question because it's not just about voting, it's about progression. You know, you vote and after that, the change does not just come every four years because if that was the case, 100% of people would vote every four years and then we'd hear a dead period for three years but you know, that's just not the way that our country works. The ones that are actually pushing for change, regardless of what the issue is or is not, they always have that desire, regardless of who is there and who isn't there. So the question that I'd like to ask everybody internally is to realize how much, I mean, how bad do you really want change? You know, because regardless of who is the president, who isn't, you've got to be willing to do it, not just for yourself, but for other people. And that is something that really has to get implemented in people's minds because I feel as if, you know, in the idea behind, you know, this idea of voting, as I said, regardless of who is or is not at this time, is it's kind of, I feel it can be a bad thing because it's kind of giving people this end all be all type of sense as if, let's say this outcome does not happen for person one or person two, then what? Like, oh my gosh, the world's gonna end because this person didn't get elected. No, that's not the case. It's called, you really have to be able to just, to just understand who you are, surround yourself with the people that are not going to, I guess, limit you or cause you to go away from your purpose, regardless of who you vote for and who it is that you don't vote for. You know, still be able to have conversations about anything in general. You know, I feel like that is the most important thing with this election and the outcome is just, we have to be willing, you know, as Bree said earlier, to just know that regardless of what goes on, regardless of who wins, that we got it, you know. I think everyone kind of covered um, everything, but kind of just going back to what Bree was saying, I think it's just really important that we not only vote for this, but for other elections. I think it's very important that we get to know who our senators are, who our representatives are, because those are the people that are representing, you know, our state. Um, and, um, so yeah, just kind of really getting to know who they are. And I feel like, and I've done it, I voted 
once already two years ago. Um, that was my first time voting, but I really know much. So I kind of just went in there and I was just like, uh, I don't know who to vote for. So, you know, recently I've been trying to kind of do more research on it because those are very important, you know, um, elections. Those are a lot of like the people that are really representing you. The president, even though an important person, obviously, is just one person. And like what Ben said, he doesn't have all the power. And, you know, politicians say many things. Um, especially during presidential um, debates, they don't always do everything they say. I mean, I would say most of the time they don't. Um, they don't have all the power um, and they don't have all the time, really. In four years, they don't have as much time to do everything they promise that they're going to do. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of, and kind of to finish it off what Jerry just said, keep fighting for whatever you're fighting for. You know, if it's really important, then this shouldn't stop you. Um, you can, in four years, you're gonna have the opportunity to vote again. Um, so, I mean, it's not the end of the world at all. I know after we all kind of gave our input on that, I think the first word that came to mind was accountability. And I think that's something that a lot of people are scared of because, okay, if it doesn't go your way, then what are you gonna do now? Um, so I think accountability is like one of the main things people should focus on. Um, I don't know, this is kind of like a main theme that I kind of got from all of our responses. So, yeah. Great, really good stuff, guys. Um, I appreciate your time and uh, thoughtful answers. Uh, so this is the end of episode two of the Rawcast. We are going to put a poll up on Rockhurst Instagram before the next one goes so we can get some topic ideas from everyone out there. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. And as soon as I can get the verification email from Spotify through the filter, um, it'll be on Spotify. That's the hold up there. You can watch this discussion on YouTube on our channel, which is youtube.com slash Rockhurst Hawk. So for Bree and America and Jarrett and Vince, I'm Chad Schnarr. Uh, be well, be safe, everyone. Thanks for listening.